you guys, and welcome back to That's Insane, a podcast where I talk about murder, medicine, and maybe more, but most definitely more because there's a lot of weird shit out there. My name is Aurelia, and I am your host, and today I have a medical case for you. Um, I am really sorry that the audio on the last one was so wonky and very annoying. I listened to all my episodes because of who I am as a person and I couldn't even listen to that one, which really bummed me out because I think it was such a cool case. But I'm trying to figure out audio, like the best place to record, the best way to record, how to like do audio engineering, I guess, essentially is what it is. Um... And it's really fucking difficult. Like I've called my dad many a times and been like, I don't know what any of these buttons mean. So just bear with me while I find the right sound. Um, I don't know if you just heard my dogs, but just bear with me as we do that. But hopefully this one sounds a little bit better um, and is more tolerable. Let's just get into today's uh, case. This one is pretty neat. A lot of this comes from a Forensic Files episode, and then I just supplemented it with uh, obviously other like websites, and um, I, I don't like using the word research because I'm not like really researching. I'm just like looking stuff up. All of the sources are always going to be in the show notes because 99% of the time I forget to mention them, and I don't want anybody to not be credited. So anyway, um, with that, let's just go ahead and get into this. So let's just start from... The top. So in 1976, about 4,000 members of the Pennsylvania State American Legion, which is an organization of World War II veterans, I think Korean War veterans as well, were gathered together in Philadelphia with their friends and families to participate in the Legion's 58th annual convention. This is something that happened every year. And it was also like the bicentennial. So I guess it was like a really big fucking deal. So from July 21st to July 24th, more than 600 Legionnaires were staying at the Bellevue Stratford Hotel, um, which is considered one of the best lodgings in the city. While this was supposed to be like a celebratory time, the city was dealing with numerous challenges. The city sanitation workers had staged a worker slowdown over low wages, so garbage was like piling up in the streets. There was also talk of like terrorist attacks, and many people were like marching on the streets to protest like war efforts or something like that. And then the Bellevue itself was experiencing its own issues. The air conditioner was malfunctioning and repairmen were looking or were working as best they could to fix it before the convention. So already just kind of a lot of shit going on. As the convention started to wind down, some of the legionnaires started to become ill with like flu-like and pneumonia-like symptoms. Three days after the convention ended, two legionnaires, James Dolan and John Ralph, both whom attended the convention, ended up dying of a mysterious disease. The official cause of death was deemed pneumonia, um, and the medical examiners noted that both men's lungs, uh, lung tissue, quote, looked like Brillo pads. And over the next three weeks, 11 more legionnaires would die from the disease and 39 became seriously ill. All 11 of these legionnaires had some form of pneumonia, but no one could figure out the cause. Authorities in Harrisburg became concerned that an epidemic was on its way, and so they called in the CDC. Dr. David Frazier was the lead investigator um, for this disease, and he tried to gather as much information from the men who attended the convention, which was obviously very difficult because these men came from all over the state of Pennsylvania. 
Uh, he focused on things like what they ate, what they drank, how many times they rode the elevator, how frequently they were in the hotel lobby, who their roommate was, all of this stuff. And Dr. Frazier and the CDC also collected a bunch of samples. They collected it from like the ice in the hotels, water, air, um, as well as droppings from like pigeons and rats, which is disgusting, that were like around the hotels as well. The tissue samples that were collected during the autopsies of the legionnaires who had passed away, um, oh wait, no, tissue samples were also collected during the autopsies of the legionnaires who passed away. Initially, investigators at the CDC thought that the disease could be like swine flu or parrot fever, which is spread by sick pigeons. They also considered like a massive food poisoning or even like a new strain of an STD like super gonorrhea, which super gonorrhea had already had two outbreaks in two other states. So it wasn't like out of the realm of possibilities. Or was this from like the poor sanitation on the streets of Philly from the wage strike? There was even consideration of a terrorist attack or even intentional poisoning of the legionnaires. One doctor thought it could be nickel poisoning um, and all the legionnaires tissue samples contained nickel. But it was actually later determined that the nickel was from the scrapings of the metal scalpels that were used in the lab. And when they switched to the plastic scalpels, the nickel disappeared from all of the samples. So that was definitely a contamination issue. So in 48 hours after the tissue samples were collected, the CDC team was able to rule out a variety of diseases, including typhoid, measles, mumps, herpes, the plague, and many, many more. The press ended up dubbing this Legionnaire's disease, um, and so the CDC returned their focus back to the questionnaires because they really had nothing to go on. So they found that many of the men who had roomed with those that got sick did not get sick themselves, which told them that it didn't seem to travel from person to person and the exposure wasn't in the bedrooms. They also found that the highest rate of illnesses happened to those that stayed at the Bellevue Stratford Motel. But there were many people who got sick who didn't even attend the convention. They weren't legionnaires and they didn't even step foot in the Bellevue Hotel. The researchers found that the more time people actually stood outside on the sidewalk of the hotel, the higher their risk was to get sick. They also noted that none of the workers got sick. The questionnaires also did help to identify those who seemed to be more at risk. Um, Most of the people that caught Legionnaire's disease were over 50. They were smokers or they had some other underlying medical issues, especially like respiratory issues like COPD or asthma or something like that. This also kind of helped explain why the staff didn't get sick. This is just their theory because on average, the workers at the hotel were 10 years younger than the legionnaires and they were just overall more healthy which is true for like any disease most people that are going to get sick are people that are older and have like a lot of comorbidities or like other health conditions um like the flu that's why the flu can be so dangerous because it's not necessarily going to kill the 25 year old but it might kill 75-year-old Mima with diabetes and COPD and hypertension and high cholesterol and et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so at this point, the death toll had risen to 27, and the CDC, CDC still had no idea what was causing the illness. Five months after the outbreak, near the holidays um, in December, the number of cases had significantly dropped. There really weren't any new uh, Legionnaire cases. A CDC microbiologist, Joseph McDade, per the Forensic Files episode, he was like at a holiday 
holiday party and all his friends were like giving him shit for not figuring out what was going on. So he like got all frustrated and went back to the lab. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is the drama, I love it. So Joseph McDade um, went back to the lab. He pulled a guinea pig sample that had been injected with the liver tissue from a Legionnaire victim. Um, And this was a sample he'd looked at many, many times for examination. Um, But this time, he noticed something that he'd never seen before. He saw a new bacteria. He thought that perhaps it was a contaminated specimen, so he retested it and kind of did like an inoculation test where he injected or... I don't know, inoculated it with the blood a uh, blood sample of a Legionnaire disease survivor. So I don't know all the micro- microbiology or chemistry behind this, but basically he knew that if this was the bacteria, then the antibodies in the Legionnaire survivor's blood would attack it, and then it would turn the bacteria like a bright green based on whatever chemistry stuff he put in it. I don't know. And sure enough, when he did all of this, a bright green glow occurred. So 147 days after the outbreak that killed 34 people and infected 201 people, 147 days after it started, they had the major breakthrough that they needed, and they dubbed this bacteria Legionella pneumophila, um, which was named after the Legionnaires. So Legionnaire disease, which is caused by the Legionella pneumophila, it causes inflammation in the lungs and an pneumonia that is much greater in severity than a normal pneumonia. So how was this bacteria being spread? So we knew it wasn't caught from person to person, and we knew that it didn't seem to be related to food. I, I, I think like through those questionnaires, they were able to deem that. So they were able to determine that it was being caught by inhaling small droplets or mists of contaminated water in the air that was carrying the bacteria. At the time, when the researchers finally discovered the bacteria, they couldn't find it in any of the hotel samples they had collected, likely because the bacteria itself had already died. They were, however, able to research the Legionella's properties and found that it generally grew and multiplied in warm, watery conditions and was transferred through the air, um, oh wait, and was transferred through the air, period. Because some of those who were infected were passerbys, or passersby, Um, they thought perhaps it was coming from the roof where the hotel air conditioning water cooling towers were located. So in these towers, water is moved through vents which cool the air and the excess water falls down into a pan. If this pan doesn't drain properly, then the water becomes stagnant, which is a perfect breeding ground for bacteria. Have you ever like looked at a pond or like a lake that doesn't really have any flow and it gets all the pond scum or even like your pool for example if there's no like circulation the scum and the bacteria essentially just forms that film and that's basically what this is describing so with this bacteria sitting in the stagnant water it's taken up by the powerful fans and it's made airborne so the cdc investigators theorized that it traveled down the side of the hotel to the sidewalk as well as into the hotel lobby the theory was never a hundred percent proven since the bacteria in the cooling towers was gone but they did test cooling towers in other parts of the country which did show the legionella bacteria So Legionella can grow in other forms of water too, like hot tubs and swimming pools, and even shower heads, faucets, humidifiers, or just decorative water features. 
Most Legionella will multiply at a temperature between 20 to 45 degrees Celsius, which is 68 to 113 degrees Fahrenheit. And anything below that 68 degrees Fahrenheit will make the bacteria dormant, which is why I think that they didn't find it after they discovered it because it was Philadelphia in like December, January. So it was cold as fuck, I'm assuming. So researchers think that while 1976 was the first known outbreak, they believe that Legionella had been killing for thousands of years. So the earliest documented case due to Legionella was in Austin, Minnesota in 1957 at a meatpacking plant where 78 people fell ill with similar pneumonia-type conditions. Two decades after the outbreak, the cooling tower at the plant was eventually seen as the source of the bacteria. And I think I read somewhere that they took like blood samples from the survivors who had like the antibodies. So that's how it was able to be linked. There was another instance in Washington, D.C., which killed 16 people in 1965 at a psychiatric hospital. And I think at that time it also like um, caused serious illness in like 78 people. Which, fuck, 1960s in a psych hospital, already not great. So the symptoms of Legionella are similar to those of pneumonia. Cough, shortness of breath, fever as high as like 107. I think it said that um, it's generally going to be a fever of over 104. And then you're also going to have like muscle aches and a headache. But one key like distinguishing factor that I remember when learning about Legionnaire's disease is that this pneumonia is likely associated with GI symptoms like nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Thankfully, researchers were able to quickly identify an antibiotic to treat the infection, which was erythromycin. Today, they also treat it with like um, um, Levaquin or Cipro, but the, the erythromycin was the first and I think is still the first line. So it was determined that the hotel employees had become immune to the bacteria or they'd already formed some kind of antibodies, which is why they didn't get sick on top of, I guess, being otherwise like young and healthy. Um, and in November 1977, the Bellevue Stratford Hotel was forced to close its doors after this outbreak. Probably up until COVID-19, this was the largest and most complicated medical investigation in U.S. history. And that is Legionnaire's disease and its discovery. Again, a little quickie here for you, but I thought that this one was super cool. I say that every time, but it's like obvious. Like, why would I do one that I think is like really stupid or super boring? So I really don't have much else to really say or talk about. Um, I really hope that you guys are enjoying the new episodes. I'm really enjoying being back and kind of getting back into the flow of things. It makes me so happy when you guys tell me that you are enjoying the episodes or when you guys interact with like the Instagram posts and things like that. But yeah, that's really all I have for you. As always, you can send crazy medical cases, true crime cases, or just weird shit in general that you either want me to look into or that have happened to you like you've experienced to that's insane podcast at gmail.com. You can also follow on Insta at um, that's insane underscore pod. And then I'm also on Facebook as well under that's insane podcast. I don't have a TikTok, but I do tell these stories on my TikTok, which is Aurelia May Makeup, if you wanted to follow over there. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find this podcast. Don't be selfish with it. Share it to others. And um, yeah, I think that's really all I have. I hope you guys are, you know, being safe and being smart. Um, I guess, you know, just being sane in this crazy world. So until next time, bye. Bye.